Hey guys, this is Wade, and I'm with Lonnie here with our second episode of Let's Think About That. We're excited to be here, and I'm excited to be here with Lonnie, because our topic we're going to be discussing today is a topic I think that comes up quite a bit, is longevity in ministry. I think a lot of people will start off, and uh, they'll have these ideas of what ministry would be like, or maybe they start off in a ministry, and and maybe it isn't as fun as it used to be, or maybe it isn't as exciting, or maybe it wasn't what they expected, or maybe they don't get along with the people the way they thought they would, and and they just seem to jump to ministry from ministry all the time. And so I wanted to talk to Lonnie from from a lot of different standpoints. Now, first of all, Lonnie, how, if you don't know, Lonnie is a pastor of Granbury Baptist Church, and we're friends as well as he's my pastor. And so I've, I've been able to see him um, working in ministry when he wasn't my pastor. I've been able to see him in ministry as my pastor. And I can tell you, um, away from ministry, in ministry, it's it's just Lonnie. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to call him my pastor. But I'm also glad for the insights. Uh, if you are here, this is the first time or the second time you're with us, our goal is to dig deeper into an idea and, and ask that next question. A lot of times in ministry and in life and leadership, we just kind of go with it. And if somebody says something, it's like, yeah, yeah, I agree. But do we? And and why did he say what he's saying? And that's where our goal is here. Is it, let's let's talk about that. Let's let's spend some time and, and deal with that. Uh, <laughs> Lonnie, longevity. How long you been here at Granbury? 21 years. 21 years. Mm-hmm. Um, what... Give us some background on what drew you to. Was it the perfect opportunity, and and you've been it, it just it opened us as doors, and you what? Because I think sometimes we we really we 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 put a lot of weight on picking the right place, mm-hmm. and and we, we put we just making sure all the stars align, and it, it just it makes sense, and it lines. Is that how it was for you? No, not at all. Matter of fact, uh, when we were looking, I felt God calling me to pastor and to lead. I'd been in ministry already, I think up to this point, about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were just certain areas that I wanted to be. I'm from Texas. I wanted to be in a culture that I felt like I understood and I knew. Um, I wanted to be in a place to where I felt like it was growing. And so we specifically started looking uh, Glen Rose, Stephenville, Weatherford, Granbury. And believe it or not, I'd never been to Granbury. Mm-hmm. And from West Texas originally, and most people from West Texas come to Granbury because it's got water and it's a beautiful place, but it was small and the church wasn't ideal. So I didn't come because it was appealing. As a matter of fact, you know, the Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Most people, well, matter of fact, everyone I sought counsel with said, don't come here. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, well-meaning people that, oh, that, people that I, godly mentors people. that I loved. Yeah. But I just knew this was the place. It was growing. It was a place where people were moving to, not moving from. And uh, so we came and visited the church. And it wasn't ideal. About 30, 32 people in four trailers that were government. I think they were Navy trailers that had a metal roof around them. So it wasn't like it was appealing in any way. Financially, it wasn't appealing. It wasn't appealing going from a larger church as a worship leader to a, a really, none of that was physically appealing but the people and the prospect of the people that was what got me fired up so they they, they had and I'm, I'm leading you a little That's bit okay. with this but they had this perfect set of great supportive uh loving and we gotta be careful because they <laughs> might be watching that so i don't want to uh but I mean, they weren't it wasn't like it was just just 
primed for ministry and they were just that's why it felt so good it was just the people yeah yeah and, and it was one of those things the people that were here wanted to grow yeah and and most of the people i think out of the average people that came and i want to be accurate because i know there's a couple that came and went but really about 64 years old was the youngest yeah. faithful person and then there's a, Not the most appealing crowd. No, when you're starting to restart 30, a church, I was 32, yeah. and and they were. I don't wasn't what they were looking for. They wanted somebody with more degrees, yeah. experience, a good Bible teacher, and I'm none of those. Yeah, and I was 32. My wife was 27. I'd never been a lead pastor, so I think I scared them way more than they scared me, because uh, they were very welcoming. We were odd. I mean, our church. Even the people that are, you know, if you're watching, you know, uh, it, it was not an environment. Nothing really went well. Our buildings were bad. Uh, I mean, nothing. You had trailers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you had a trailer, yeah, I think, at the yeah, time, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah and, and it just wasn't appealing. But there was a warmth and a family atmosphere that I thought, okay, mm -hmm. we could we could work with that. We could stay. But and to answer your question, none of those things were appealing. Like, yeah. None of them were like Isn't that appealing. weird? How? Yeah. And we spend so much time as we think about where to plant a church, where to restart a church, where to accept a youth pastor position at a church. We spend so much time trying to find the right thing. Mm -hmm. And 21 years later, you, you screwed up. <laughs> I mean, essentially, yeah. Yeah. you didn't pick the right thing to yeah. go to, but God used it anyway. Yeah. How, how do you... I mean, because obviously, if you sent, I mean, your your son is in ministry, a great church, uh, in Glen Rose here, and if you, I'm sure you encouraged him what to look for in a ministry and stuff like that. But let's say, I mean, you're on BBC's board too. You probably talk to guys getting into ministry all the time. What advice do you give them, and how is it different than what you did on what they should be looking for in a ministry? Well, I'm kind of the opposite. Okay. Of, uh, I, and I think that's why we get along so yep. well is because I feel like it doesn't matter where you are. There's people and there's ministry. You could today we we can go eat and there's going to be people to minister to. You can go to the smallest town in America. There's so for me, I just say wherever there's a spot, mm -hmm. and you know I do believe that God has a a good place for us to be, and I do sure. believe that they're combinations. But for me, when I started here, it was just it was in Texas. I'm from Texas. It was growing, uh, had potential to grow. We never knew it would grow like this. But for me, there were physical things to think it's a great place to raise a family. Yeah. Yeah. And, Is and, that wrong? No. Yeah. That's no. it's not to, to be concerned with things other than, mm -hmm. and I want to be careful. I do believe there's God's will. Sure. But to be concerned with the practical things of life, knowing that God would care about us and our needs. Mm -hmm. That was all right to make a decision from a logical perspective. Yeah. Yeah. All those things, uh, you know, made sense, except they really didn't have the money to pay. Yeah. Me. I mean, they, it, <laughs> Minor issue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had two kids and, and now I have three, but they, I knew that wasn't, if, if this was a place that made sense. And then I knew that I was going to seek the Lord and, and I did, I fasted 10 days and prayed and really wanted to hear his voice. Yeah. And when I came, I knew I would know just because all the physical things that we were looking for. And then I knew, and, and within 17 miles, a little town called Lapan, I knew. I yeah. just knew this is where we're supposed to be. There was a building. There wasn't a lot of debt. 
it was in a town that was growing. It was kind of in the end of the town to where it has kind of grown up. And I think the future's still bright, but all those things lined up, but I just knew from the bottom of my heart, this was where to be. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, one part of it is making the decision to there, but the other part of it is making the decision to be committed yeah. to that place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're saying there is that <laughs> just as you describe it and I know it, it's like, Oh, this is this way. And this was this way that, that's that's looking at it from a very positive perspective. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily like so obviously a growing area, and so obviously mm -hmm. it, it. And but you said if I'm going to be there, it's going to be this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the commitment you have to make if you're going to make a decision to go there. You you, you can't just look at the circumstances. Mm -hmm. You have to look at the circumstances. If I did this, what could God do? Yeah. And, and 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 who needs me in that place? And mm -hmm. if I just met those needs, I can meet those types of needs. Mm -hmm. I can help that person. I think the secondary causes there, and I think that was your why mm -hmm. you picked that more than if your why was, hey, this is a growing area and it stops to grow, mm -hmm. uh, or this is going to be a beautiful mm -hmm. sunny day every day and it's a cloudy day. Mm -hmm. But if your why is, listen, there's people there mm -hmm. and I can meet those people's needs and, and I'm, I'm committed to those people. Mm -hmm. I think that's what may, it may be helping your longevity so, so long. Um, any regrets? I mean, any times you'd look back at it, I mean, we'll edit this out if, if it no, gets too weird. No, but totally uh, uh, any time that you made the commitment, maybe early on, I know you don't have regrets now, but early on that you made the decision and thought, oh, what did I do? Oh, yeah. The first five years were tough, very difficult. And it wasn't that we didn't see good things happen. It wasn't right. that I had even a lot of pushback. The people that were here, I really do believe they they wanted to reach sure. the, the world through Granberry, uh, but they were so indoctrinated in a style mm -hmm. of church. And it was not that they worshiped religion. They were really good people. Right. I understand that. But to turn that small ship around, to be really outwardly focused, that we really can reach the world from here, those five years... I mean, there wasn't a week that went by in those five years that I thought didn't think, and it's not an exaggeration that I didn't think, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. Why did I come here? And then God would just, I would just see a win. It all it only just takes one person. Yeah. I'd say one person that was paying attention that got fired up or in a retired man. You know, there's some that are in heaven right now that motivated the crud out of me. They, they just were like, hey, I get it. Let's go. My grandkids need Jesus. My, And it only really just takes one. And so those first five years were incredibly difficult. And to be honest with you, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't think I could go back through that again. But I could still see on the other side, I'm like, one day we're going to break through. And, and it may not be today. It may not be next week. But we God's recipes work. People are, do need love. And we're going to meet, you know, people's needs in this town so you kept your why oh, yeah. in view oh yeah in the middle of the problem oh, that yeah. way because i think that's what where, where we we get to sometimes in ministry that we get there and we we oh i didn't know this was this way oh i didn't know that person was going to be acting like that oh i didn't know and it's like oh if i would have known that i wouldn't have made a decision therefore mm -hmm. it's time to leave mm -hmm. and and i think that's what what i hear you saying is you got there you made the decision and it wasn't what you Desire the, the best case scenario, right? And and yet, because your why was right, that didn't matter. Mm -hmm. It pushed. It, it mattered, but you you, you yeah. got pulled through it because yeah. of that. It was it didn't matter enough to leave. Yeah, the, it was too. It, I always say, what if we don't? 
that yeah. kind of drives me. People, I say, well, well, what if we do this and something goes wrong? What if we go to that church and uh, with me, what if we don't? Yeah, I take ministry that serious. If we don't come here and if we don't start churches and if we don't grind through the 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 mess, then there's people that won't know Jesus. So for me, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It, the why at the end of that is worth, you know, yeah. the pain that you go through. Because <laughs> truthfully, I mean, if we're going to be real, and I believe that's what this this yeah. whole podcast is about. Most people quit because it gets hard. Yeah. And they forget that. Some sort of difficulty. It matters. Yeah. Like what they're doing really does matter. It matters more than what they know. So for whatever reason, God's given me the the ability to just remember that. Uh, you know, just remember, hey, it's, it, is, it is worth it. Any disciplines or strategies you put in your life to help you work yourself out? I, I'm, I'm thinking of maybe friends you have in your life, maybe mm -hmm. habits you put in your life to kind of pull you through mm -hmm. those 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 dark days. Yep, it, it's funny you say that because most of the time I'm I can never say the word right, but I I kind of like to say what I'm bad at and what I'm weak at and what I'm not good at. And I'm very comfortable in my own skin, but praise the Lord, he had me develop habits when I was in college. And and those habits, I come to find out later, are really helpful mm -hmm. in life, just in general, much less whether you're a pastor or whatever. And I just set some disciplines in my life to, to really just want to put God first. And that sounds like, oh, that's what everybody's going to say. Let's talk about that. That's yeah. what this show is talking yeah. about, putting God first. Because yeah. I think everybody's... When they come to Christ and, and wherever they find themselves in, they, they think, oh, I put God first. Yeah. But that means something. It and so does. what does what is, what is yeah. it explain? For me, that. put God first because my family is going to have to not have adequate money. Yeah. I mean, we never needed, needed anything. We didn't have insurance. We didn't have. So some people would find that a need. Yeah. But for me, yeah, we, I mean, we had food yeah. and we had a house and the church really did their best. But for me, if God wasn't first mm. before, because I think people cop out if we're just being real yeah. and they don't work hard in life in general because though I get my family needs me at my, and, and they don't, they develop having habits of being lazy and I really believe if God is first, if Colossians three twenty three, which is my life's verse, whatever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord. That I think keeping Him first, it's it was okay. I knew God was gonna. He loved my family more than than I did, and I knew that even though I, that is my first ministry, and I would never perpetuate a silliness of you put work before family. But my calling of what God had on me was the same calling my wife had on her. So for us, if he wasn't first, we would have, I mean, we had really good offers to go to churches. I could have done ministry and could have made a, a comfortable lifestyle and living. But for me, I'm like, I really do believe that this was where God wanted us. And the potential was so great. So him being first, it kept me grinding through the silliness. Yeah. You know? I like what you're saying there because I think it's, what's a common mindset today especially when it comes to, to, to being in ministry that everything has to be perfect for your family in order for you to be considering your family in the right way and sometimes you get ministries and it doesn't seem like that sometimes somebody talks bad about your wife and that's not fair sometimes the environment that stresses you out and you go home and and your wife and your family have to deal with this other person here because of that 
that's that's not fair to your family. Sometimes you have to work a little bit later because there's a wedding or you have to leave and, and leave a game because somebody died or mm-hmm. there's all those things. And sometimes in our mindset, well, uh, as, as people in ministry, we, we kind of think, well, that's not fair to my family. So I need to find a different place. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be more conscious of of my family's needs, mm-hmm. and I want to be a good husband to them. How do you merge two? Because I know you care about your family. Mm-hmm. I know you prioritize, you know, time with them, and and I know you have different structures of days that, that you set aside and vacation. I know all that, mm-hmm. but is there ever a time where it feels like, man, am I choosing the church? Mm-hmm. I, I guess that, I think may in lie that might answer our question. Or do I choose my family? Mm-hmm. Where am I putting the most weight at? Is there a time and how do you get past that? You know, it's funny. There were multiple times that those calls had to be made. And it isn't as cut and dry as us yeah. given a three-step process of this, what you do. Each one of them were unique. But I think the underlying thing is our uh, Heather, my wife, all three kids knew that no matter what, they could always interrupt me. They could always, I mean, that they were first ahead of the church. But my relationship with the Lord was was before that. So that isn't completely answering your question, but I wasn't super clear earlier whenever I was, if if I'm going to be the right husband, the right dad, the right pastor, business owner, whatever we are, if God isn't first, then mm-hmm. I'm not giving anybody my best. So for me, that was the part to where it did get out of balance for a while. I I. I I was out of balance and I had to ask my wife for forgiveness, my kids for forgiveness. Um, I asked. Let's talk about that outer balance for a second. Yeah. Because I I, I don't know that, I think that's a little bit of a misconception that we can kind of keep things in balance. And for me, whenever I'm working on keeping things in balance, something's always out of balance. So I'm always feeling guilty about, oh, I need to spend more time at church. Oh, I need to spend more time uh, for my kids. Oh, I need, and it it makes me feel that way. And so when you say uh, the the balance word, which I think is a common term, and I think Mm -hmm. we we identify balance as being uh, more passionate in certain areas. How do you not feel guilty about leaving what you're doing? So say my family, oh, I'm not doing well with my family. Mm -hmm. How do, how do you leave your church responsibilities without feeling, oh, now I got to run back over and, and be passionate about there? How, how do you do that? You know, it was just a day to day. It was a literal day to day. There's no magic potion? I, I, yeah, I wish <laughs> yeah. I could. But for me, I just had to have a very open line of communication with my wife. Yeah. I would just simply ask the questions. Okay. Am I good? Like even today, it's an ice day, snow day. Most people are not at work. Yeah. And and I, I don't have to be here. Yeah. But I said, hey, we have a day to ourselves. Would you rather me stay home and work? Or is it cool with you that I go to the office? She knew I needed to go to the office. Mm-hmm. And we've had ample time. And so just yeah. an open line of communication. And I even did that with the kids to a, to a degree. Right. You know, I, you don't ask a kid what they want to eat. They eat gummy bears and ketchup every Good point. day. Good point. But I even stayed an open line of communication with them of just saying, and even the church. You know, I said, I think second service I was ever here, I just said, listen, I'm going to do my best to put God first, to put my family second, and to love you guys well. And please don't ask me to get that out of order because I, you don't want me out of order. You don't want me not serving the Lord first and then my family. And what's the misconception of most people in churches? The church never wanted me to put them first. True. They never did. There's not a person here that would say, hey, go neglect your family. Yeah, they that, wouldn't want that person to be their pastor. No, they, they wouldn't respect it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's a lot of things that I could have done, and I could have justified it because I wanted to. 
because it's fun when you're in the mix and I could, but, but the people I, I thought I was going to have to be strong. And people looked at me when I said, Hey, I'm not going to put you before my family. They looked at me like I was crazy. Mm. And I think it was preacher talk. I think I'd heard so many other guys say that, that it wasn't really real. I don't know of a congregation in the United States. Really? Say, yeah. I don't Pastor, we want, we want you to, to not love your family and put us first. So, On that, how much do you think that is, that feeling uh, could be uh, going back to a time management type of mm -hmm. a thing? Because often when I hear people act like they're overwhelmed and they're over busy, they're, it, it seems like, as I've seen their life, they're just not excited about where they're at. And so they've fluffed up their life you know. with all kinds of things that are just you know draining them from what they really want to do. And mm -hmm. and I think we all get to that place where we think we're neglecting one area or another. So we have to make a choice. Yeah. And really the choice I think could be that we need to reorganize some things and in our ministry, maybe we delegate a little bit. Mm -hmm. How much you think of it's that or how much of it is I'm just being a neglectful person to this area of my life? Mm -hmm. I think it, it's a hard issue. I think it all okay. goes back to to a hard issue you said the right words you're passionate about you want to do you don't want to do and if i really am, am functioning and firing on all cylinders of what god made me to do then it's easier to stay balanced because i love 21 years later i'm more excited now that's awesome. to be here than I was when I came. It's it's easier to be excited good about. Point, good so, point. Good point. Good point. When the, it doesn't smell like the building yeah, smells, it looks like it. But uh, it, it's a hard issue when I get and I drift and I start saying I'm too busy, I'm overwhelmed. But when I stay passionate in those things that kind of keep me fueled, then I want to be here. Like I got here every day this week, not because I had to. Right. I wanted to be here, and I hear it all the time. People. You know, we always, one of the things I like about our equipping pastor is he's very good at listing. These are some areas we need to really key areas in life, relationally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and we set goals. And for me, I hear it all the time. People say, well, I don't have time to work out. You worked out today. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't want to neglect 10 o'clock. I worked out last night. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I don't have time. That's an, you don't want to work out. Well, I don't, I'm not. You know, the church, I just, I, if I had more time to really, I mean, we, we got all the time in the world. We need to do those things. But it, if your heart isn't in it mm. and, and that, and only God can solve that. Only you've got to go back to the place. I, and, and I don't want to be dramatic, but I go back to the place the day I surrendered my life to ministry. Okay. Mm. I said, God, if you'll use me there, I'll give you all I got. And I go back to that place all the time. Okay, God. In a chapel service, 17 years old had no idea what I was doing, all the issues that I have in life with learning and such. Okay, God, if you are really calling me to do this, then I'll give you all. So I go back to that place. Physically, I go back to that place. And then mentally, I go back to it often. Okay, God. And those disciplines I set back then, which my friends are like, the Bible says bodily exercise profits little, that you realize that you're you know, this, and why are you a mama's boy? You keep your family. All those disciplines now, I'm seeing the the prophet from somebody once told me i don't know who it was or where it was but if you don't have time to stay in shape or spend the time doing the things that would keep you in shape today you certainly won't have time to be out of shape tomorrow no <laughs> I mean, it, it's a lot of work That's to be true. out of shape you need yeah. more sleep 
you uh, develop other poor eating habits, you have illnesses and sicknesses, and oh, yeah. uh, you don't have the energy you have to do the things in the same way. So really, you, the investment you make towards keeping yourself in a good physical condition mm -hmm. is saving you time yeah. in the long run. And people don't realize that yeah. they, all they see is that time from you know 6 to 6.30 or 6 to 6.45 or whatever, that little half hour, and think, I just have time for that. I can't squeeze it in my time. Well, you're you're squeezing that 45 minutes in your life, just yeah. whether or not you realize yeah. you've given that time over to those things. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I love that that you made a commitment a long time ago to a um, a monument in your your life, and you've given enough emotion to that that the time that you made the decision. And obviously, uh, you know, I remember uh, uh, when they went over the, the Jordan, and he said, "Grab the stones out of the middle on the other yeah. side and build that altar yeah. for you to tell your family, yeah. hey, remember this. Yeah. This is what happened." And, and again, that, that seems to be a, a time in your life mm -hmm. where you can go back to mm -hmm. that you're reminding yourself, yep. hey, 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 this is the decision. This is who I was. This is the decision I made. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happened since. And I, I don't think we, we go back to those monuments as much as we no. should. And it, and it overwhelms you. And the second part of the question you ask is staying balanced even at the office. Whenever you feel out of balance and whenever you've, you, you're not really discipline yourself in ministry and life and work then it does get overwhelming and then it's you know and then i think that's where the whole people like a heart that's not beating in rhythm will quiver and it it begins to go into afib mm. that's what happens in people's life they just they're so out of whack those disciplines at work have not been in structure and then they get in and they feel overwhelmed and that's where anxiety and that's where let's, let's go back and know. talk about what you're saying because i think that's yeah. i think you're hitting on something huge because if you really would just identify what you need to get rid of or what you need to put into your life, you could probably, but instead we freak out yeah. and just say, okay, this is the problem, this job or this place or this family or this. And we, we, it's like, well, no, there's something in there that we need to identify. How do you, how do you not do the one over the other? Is it friends? Yeah. Is it uh, you know being a, a self-reflecting time? Or how do you, how do you do that? Could you clarify that question? Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. That, well, I that, see I see that happen a lot where people feel overwhelmed. Yes. and they're overwhelmed because they're maybe at work and they've got all these things in their life. How do you identify things that I don't need to be doing this? Oh, okay. I, 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 yeah. I, I'm not, I don't enjoy, this isn't my giftedness in this area. Yeah. So I could actually delegate somebody. How, how oh, do you okay. identify those types of areas to deal with that without going to, I hate it all? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you for clarifying that. For me, just going back to the things that I know God made me for. Like for me, yeah. people, caring for people, soul winning, one action of love at a time. For me, just going back, so for whoever else, if we're trying to narrow it down to what do I take from this, is go back to the things that you love, you just love, and that kind of keep you motivated, and start from there. there there's That's a non-negotiable. God made us that way. So for, for me, I go back to those things that I know that I'm called to do. I know I'm called. All these other hundreds of things that are yeah. good, but I start back with the simple thing simple things and then work with the most important things at your most vital times of the day and then those other things that are kind of making you overwhelmed you don't have time for it. no and, yeah. and at the end of the day you know that whatever satisfies that drive in you you've already accomplished That's that good. then those other things aren't as important and they don't bother you as much yeah i think normally what most people do is whatever 
whatever's in your face, which is yeah. going to be a problem or an issue, or somebody says you should be doing this. Yeah. That's what we end up doing. But I think having a good self-awareness, oh, wait a minute, is that you putting that on me or yeah. is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. I think it's a difficult thing to do that and having a good, uh, I guess, uh, I, I think you do, you surround yourself with good people that aren't like you. I mean, when you look at Lion Short, you look mm -hmm. at myself, you look at, or maybe you and I <laughs> might not be the best example, but you have people around you that are different. You have younger people above you. Mm -hmm. You've got older people around you. You've got a lot of people that you a lot of you don't always listen to them, but you a lot of them speak in your oh, life, yeah. and you give it the voice that the, that I think you have a a good job of having a well rounded voice around you to keep you uh, kind of in in check of to give you good feedback yeah. for your own life. And I think that's right. important to do. Well, I've said it a bunch. I would not still be here if it wasn't for the people that yeah. came to work with me. Because um, I'm, like you said, a leader that has any sense whatsoever finds people that are really good at what they're not. And then being comfortable in your own skin to know it's okay that they're better at that than me. It's not a competition. Yeah. I'm not big daddy, nor are they. It's all kingdom minded. And why in the world would I try to do something that I'm not great at whenever God made me to do things. So for me, I say it over and over again. It's like a beautiful picture and I'm a little bit artistic. So you have to bear with me, but they say, you know, you draw a picture and then all of a sudden you see somebody really good and they'll do shadings yeah. and the nuances and it becomes 3d. Every time somebody adds somebody to the team here, it's just another way. And it's relieving to know I don't have to yeah. be good at that. I don't teach on Wednesday nights. What church pastor like we have recognizes dang you have a lot of other people that are very that's their gift so i love serving so i don't and better than that you yeah. have a ton of people showing up here on wednesday night oh, yeah. we probably have i would say when you talk about the youth the kids program and all the adults that are here probably almost as many people as one of our services here oh, yeah. and most pastors i don't know if they just feel like they have to be in charge and they they have a responsibility to to be the person on that night or they feed off of, I am in charge, so now is my time to shine. Mm -hmm. But for either way, they can't be honest enough to say, listen, maybe I don't have to yeah. do anything there. Yeah. And maybe it would be a great time with all these people gathered together. I lift other people up. Yeah. And then I say and do the things I love to do. Mm -hmm. That might be a, a, a cool yeah. factor. I think that's what yeah. you're saying is that, that, that uh, you've, you're not a jealous mm -hmm. uh and that might be one of the things that stop people from staying in the same place. They get jealous yeah. of other people and they're not able to build a team around them mm -hmm. because of their jealousy. Yeah. And, and the, you create a culture in your church your business, wherever, if you, if you help spearhead lead, create that culture, then people don't have those expectations of you and they understand mm -hmm. that then you don't preconceive. Like a lot of times I think we make up, those things like we well people think that i yeah and they're not thinking they're not they that. wouldn't be First yeah. of all, they're probably not thinking of you but second of all they're not thinking that but you create a culture that it is good for people to swing for the fences and you said something earlier that i really think is important but you talked about the long longevity and length of time and 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 i think sometimes details in ministry that are not as major they get overwhelmed they don't not get back to the right things but I think staying in a place for a longer period of time, if God allows, there's so many benefits to that. And the average person leaves in my position, they say a year and a half to two and a half years. Mm -hmm. uh, some statistics are different, whatever. It's not long. 
And I think it's the old statement that you heard. I don't remember who said it. I always quote Zig Ziglar. Probably him. Yeah, probably him. Yeah. But but it doesn't matter where you go, you're still there. Yeah. And and I think that that there's some internal things that people haven't made peace with. They're running. And from. they just go, 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 go around. And they'll go in a church or a business will get excited and then they come up against that same hurdle that they never were brave enough or have enough wise counsel around or stayed long enough to know I can get over that hurdle. And then there's another stage that I've never been to. And I see that in people doing a lot of things like uh, you name it. I talk about physical things cause I, I relate those all the time. I see people that'll run a 5k that'll never run a marathon because they've never pushed past the pain of how good it feels to say, mm-hmm. I know my body says stop, but I can actually go further than this. And in ministry, people just get up to that one hurdle. And I think it's in life in general. They just don't know how to get over that hurdle. Do you think people may create that hurdle for themselves? Oh, yeah. Uh, self-destruction. Yeah, is, yeah. And it's... So they're the ones yeah, they're creating the, one, the problem that they run from. And then people look like, where'd they go? Why did they leave? What was Things were going so great. But in their mind, they will build it up. And that's where most of it is. It's just... It's the battle. I mean, I know a lot of it's spiritual warfare. A lot of it's just, sure, we sure, just left left to our own devices. We're going to start, you know, and, and that's what happens relationally. You watch relationships. It doesn't matter. Dating, marriage, it doesn't matter. We self-destruct. We get to that place and and we forget that there is another level yeah. that you can go past. Well, I think people are comfortable in certain environments, whether it be from how they came from, mm-hmm. uh, their family structure, or or what they just the, their, their makeup, how they were designed. Yeah. If it's chaos, is kind of where they thrive at. It, it makes sense that they would you know have a ministry full of chaos yeah. because that's where they feel comfortable. If 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 uh, not doing a lot of things and not challenging the church in a lot of ways, then you know, uh, and, and they just want things to be even keeled, things they can control, things that they can understand. Then it would be obvious that they would create an environment that wasn't challenging the people to do more different things. And so you, I, I've talked to some people at times where they, man, how do you get to the girl? How do you get? And it's like, well, you keep firing people that were helping you yeah. and challenging you. You keep not wanting yeah. to associate, talking bad about things. You keep saying, oh, this isn't going to work because, and you're actually creating the hurdle yeah. on the other side you want. You want growth. Oh, yeah. You want, but it's going to take you to set aside some of the things that you are to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that goes back to what you were we were talking about earlier that you need to pull people on your team. Oh yeah, that are different from you. And then some people will do that. You gotta let them be who they are. Yeah, that's gotta be a tough thing. And listen. Yeah, that's a hard part. That's my New Year's resolution for the last four years. Talk, <laughs> talk less, listen more. So we're doing podcasts with you, dude. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're doing horrible today. <laughs> that's good. But uh, but is to listen. And probably one of my best friends in the world is Lonnie Short. And he tells me the hard things. Yeah. And and I think, no, you can't take people where you haven't been. So it doesn't matter where you are in life and in, in church, business. If you're, if you're not willing to go and to grow, then you can't ask people. You can't take them where you've never been. And for me, there's been so many things that I've stopped because of my sin, foolishness, bad habits. And I do have people in my life that will say, hey, man, are you sure mm. that's right? Or a, a phrase that was told to me years ago that's really helped change my life. Lonnie, do you realize how you look when you say? Mm. And that goes back to the family. And and I'm telling you, 
I did not realize how I looked and sounded like when I was talking to the people who I love more than anybody in life and my wife and kids. And if I didn't have a friend that was honest and people say, well, that's your home life. Well, I think your home life affects everything. And it, definitely in ministry, if Lonnie wouldn't have came in that time of my life, I don't know how things would look today. And it helped me to think, wow. dang, I didn't realize. Yeah. And then it was embarrassing. Yeah. And then I wanted to do the thing that people normally do, go back at him. Yeah. Well, when you say, and thank the Lord, I trusted him. We had a long enough relationship. So I'm like, he's right. Wow. And then it, it stunk for a long time. Because when you see that you've got some weaknesses and you're finally willing. But I'm telling you, since then, I can preach with freedom. I can love with freedom. I don't feel like I have something in my closet that one day is going to pop out. Mm -hmm. And people are like, because I try to be transparent even from the people. When that happened, once I got things right at home, I told it publicly to the church because I wanted them to know. Some of you are probably doing the same things I'm doing. And I'm sorry. I don't glory in it. It really is embarrassing. But there's life beyond recognition yeah. that you blew it in an area and on the one place. So to say all that is to having people around you that are really good. But for me, learning to shut up long enough yeah. and to listen and understand you, when you push back with something as my friend or Lottie or Sean, Chris Kitts, people I've been around for years, I'm like, man, they're with me. Yeah. They want they're to not hurting me. That, they're trying to hurt they're, me. They're, yeah. They're we're, me. We're, what do we got to gain? That's so, so listening is something I'm working on pretty weak at that still. Yeah, but I, I'd say, though, I mean, from a self-awareness standpoint, you do a good job of allowing people to make you more aware of things so you can deal with it. A lot of people want people around them, but they don't want to make the decisions. They, oh, thanks for the feedback, but I ain't changing anything. Uh, but what I've seen over the years is you've made some conscious decisions, what you just described. I know the specific things you're talking about there. You've been very open with that from the pulpit as well as to your friends, that you've made conscious decisions. You sought help in certain areas. You, you've changed your attitude towards things. You've reprioritized a few things. And I think that's what's important. Uh, when you get into the situation, you could have easily blamed, I'm this way because, mm -hmm. and so if I leave here, I'll be a different person. Mm -hmm. and, and you haven't done that. Mm -hmm. And I think you've, I think if a lot of people would realize, listen, the problem may be me. Mm -hmm. And if I'm willing to deal with this, then this won't be so bad. Mm -hmm. and, and this will be in more balance. Mm -hmm. and, and this will seem as though... But the, if and I think that's where a lot of our problems lie. And I think I love it that the fact that you have an awareness that will allow you to deal with things. Hey, listen, we went for quite a while today, so I'm excited. Um, this is the end. I, I want to break it down to a challenge. The bottom line is, I know not everyone here is going to go into ministry. I don't know everyone's going to be, uh, you know, be a, a husband or a, a mother or. Uh, but we all are going to have areas in life where it's going to be appealing for us to leave. It's going to be appealing for us to give up. And I just challenge you to take a step backwards and look at where you're at and see, wait a minute, is this the problem here? What systems and processes do I put into my life? What decisions do I have to make? Who, who do I need to bring around me? And I just ask you, I think it'd be a, what I, wasn't what I was hoping to hear from here, or hoping, wasn't what I was planning mm -hmm. to get out of this conversation, but I think what is important for us, how you have longevity in your relationship. You want to have longevity in your ministry. You, want to have, you need to be self-reflective. Listen, I need to get better to make this better. And I think that's exciting.